So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for each and every one here today. And Father, in a way that's holy and pleasing and acceptable, you may each person, Father, be touched by your spirit. May each person, Father, receive from you what you have for them to receive. And in this message, Father, I pray, Father, that they will see the joy in the midst of this message, Father, and its contrast, but let that joy be evident in Jesus' name for your glory, Father. Amen. Okay, so we're looking at part five of the prayers of the apostles, and part five is deliver us from the evil one. So I want to go back uh, one more time to what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. It says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yeah, so we know that, that there's the contending factor of the evil one or Lucifer or Satan that we have to contend with as believers in Christ. That's just a reality, isn't it? Right? Some of the translations in your Bibles may say deliver us from evil. And others will say deliver us from the evil one. But the original leans more toward the original one as a, as a clearer, more definitive definition. We could say uh, deliver us from evil. That would be anything that ba that's bad in our minds that comes against us. But not everything bad is necessarily bad, if you know what I mean. We have circumstances that come that are challenging and uncomfortable. and We prefer not to be in them, but they can be for our good, right? And then we know that there's, there's the warfare and there's the attack of the enemy against us that tries to divert our attention from the Lord. And that is the evil one. And he can work in many different ways to draw our focus and our heart and our life and our commitment to Jesus away from him, away from the Lord, that is. So Jesus very specifically is teaching the disciples and us to pray for protection from the evil one's attacks and the evil one's temptations to lead us to sin. Now I want to tell you something. We are ambassadors of Christ, soldiers for Christ, light and salt for Christ, children of God in a world of darkness to bear truth and light in contrast to the wickedness and darkness of the world that we're in. So what, what can we expect but to feel the heat from the evil one, if you will, right? We can, we can expect difficult times because we stand up for God, but God bless you for standing up for God. I mean, really, there, I heard a pastor say uh, just the other day, oh, uh, Franklin Graham, just a pastor, but Franklin Graham was saying, he said, he said what, what pastor, he works, works with pastors, he said, what pastors need to get to back to is preaching the word of God. I'm going, what? You're not preaching the word of God. And then if you're going to preach the word of God, and then as a believer, if you're going to stand on the word of God, and you, you've got to learn to speak out and, and make your stand on biblical truth uh, clear in this world that we're living in, especially against the moral decline that we're seeing. That takes courage. He said, you can be assured that when you stand up for Jesus that you will be attacked. So what I want you to think about is do not let that reality scare you from standing up for Jesus because it's great blessing in standing for Jesus. 
If you stood up for one of your loved ones because you love, love them, no matter what that repercussion of it is, what would that feel like to that person you're standing up for? Let's say you're the one that's being stood up for. Someone in your family is defending you, standing for you, no matter how tough the, the, the circumstance is that will come at them for standing up for you. What are you hearing? You're hearing, man, there's a devoted love for me. Right? And that's what our Father wants us to see. That's what Jesus wants us to see. Wants to see. He wants us to see us standing for him because we love him. And more and more Christians are called to stand in this world. We've got to stand. It takes boldness. It takes courage. And it takes the resolve to understand we will have recompense from darkness. We will get attacked. We will be verbally spoke down to. We will have something come our way. But we have a choice. We can stand as ambassadors and soldiers for Christ, or we can stand as um, ineffective believers for Christ. It sounds harsh, but it's really one or the other. We're called to stand, to cut through darkness, or we're called to stand down. And we're not called to stand down. We're called to stand Jesus was quite familiar with the devil, his temptations, and his attacks. Just two chapters before this, Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, right? And he fasted those 40, 40 days and nights. Uh, using the word of God, Jesus withstood the temptation to sin. We know that, and we know that, and we've learned it over and over that our spiritual armor is the sword. Use the word. When you're facing difficulty, you go to the word or you ask God to retrieve what you've already been taught in the word. You hold on to the truths that you've gotten from the word so you can stand strong against the enemy that's attacking you spiritually or otherwise. That you can stand in confidence in God and his word. If the devil was willing to attack Jesus, certainly he's willing to attack us. <laughs> so we're not exempt. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus prayed for us. But God is proud of us when we stand for him. Because when we stand for him, we're saying we love you. And we love you because you loved us when we didn't deserve your love, Lord. If the devil was willing to attack us, we need to remember he's going to attack. I mean, if he was willing to attack Jesus, he's definitely going to attack us. Jesus knew this. He prayed, okay? He prayed for us about this. John 17, 14 through 17, Jesus praying, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. We need to just realize that when we don't stand up for the ways of the world, the world's not going to like us. <laughs> if we're not flying with the same flocks of the feather, we're not going to, we're going to get stoned so to speak. Things are going to be thrown at us. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. We see the world we're in. We know the circumstances we're in. The world's been in a lot of mess a lot of times throughout history. And I'm sure many Christians in history and in today have said, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. But you know what? He doesn't come because he wants more people to get saved. And people need to know Jesus as their Savior and know that hope and that promise. We had a little girl this morning receive Christ as her Savior. Praise God for that. Okay? So we need to continue to stand on the truth of God's word. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Just, we just come to terms with that. 
I'm not a part of this. I'm a part of God's team, God's ways, God's standards. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus knows what we're standing up against. He knows it better than we know it ourselves, but he knows what we are called to be engaged in. And he prays for us. Is there anybody else that you'd rather have pray for you more than Jesus? Is this prayer any less valuable personally than, what, than if it was prayed today for you by Jesus? No, because it's his word and it's everlasting and it's always living impactful truth of his word. That's his heart. He prayed for us that day because all those that would put their faith in Jesus, all those that would take a stand to stand for Jesus will be blessed, will be fortified, will be encouraged in their stand. It won't be easy, but God will bless. Jesus prayed for our safety and protection from the evil one. He didn't ask that we would be removed from the world. He just prayed for the Father to give us protection. You know, I think about the Christians that were martyred for Christ, and some of them, while they were being burned alive at the stake, were singing praises to God. Some of them were preaching the gospel message. Some of them were quoting scripture. They were not, they didn't lose it. God poured their grace on them in the midst of being murdered for Christ. Wow. God prays for us. He knows the battles that were before us. None of us want the hardships. None of us wants the reprobands from people. But we need to understand that that's who God has called us to be, a people that stand in a world of darkness. We should never seek isolation from the world. We cannot live on a Christian island. You know, what good does that do? That's, that's antithetical to the gospel message. You know, we're going to be our own little group over here, and that's it. And we can say, okay, we can look at Waco. For those of you that are old enough to know about Waco, we can look at that. We can look at all the other cultic leaders in the past. We can look at some religions that are very reclusive and stay to themselves and aren't allowed to associate with others, those type of things. That's really not part of God's plan. God's plan is that we are to be in the world but not a part of it. We need to stay in the world to help fight in the battle against the evil one. Why? Why do we need to stay in the world and help fight the battle against the evil one? Because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's out there to convince people they don't need Jesus. He's out there to convince them, and if you do receive Jesus, you certainly don't need to follow him. He's out there to rob and to steal and to destroy and to kill. He's out to no good. He's the evil one. If God took us out of the world or we isolated ourselves from the world, we, these, these things would happen. One, the world, the world would be in utter spiritual darkness. I add that word, spiritual darkness, because God's lights shining through us would be removed. I mean, what would the impact be if Christians weren't salted throughout the earth, standing for Jesus, being a light, being a reflection for him? It would be awful. Yeah. Let me give you a side point to that. Are you, have you ever seen people change the way they act because they know they're around a Christian? Yeah. Oops, I better, oops, sorry, I said that, sorry. You know, I said, well, you know, it's, 
not me you got to talk to is him <laughs> first, right? But there's a certain there's a certain element that says some of them will go, oops, I'm around a Christian. Others are go, oh, they just hit you, attack you. We'll talk about that in a minute. But see, that's the shining light that's making a difference. And if that was removed, then then there'd be less restriction of people to to act and behave in a way that's pleasing to God. Two, the world would not have a witness except through his creation. Three, we would be denied the opportunity to serve God on earth. Four, we would not experience God's love, grace, mercy, and protection. Five, we would not be a part of God's power displayed in this world. In other words, we're important. We're the important factor that God has called out of his design, his divine will, his divine order, his divine intent was to have believers in him stand up bold for him in a world of darkness. And when we do that, we express our love for Jesus. We tell him, I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to live for you. It's not about me, it's about Jesus. And we, we, we move on forward that way, following him. And God is well pleased. And he does not forget anything that we do for him in our heart, in our actions, no matter how obvious or not obvious. Jesus made another point in this prayer for us in John 17, 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. You know, it's an interesting thing about spiritual things. Um, you know, I, I told you the one where I was chased down in Foster Farms by the guy with the, the, the we had these tanks that were 2,500 pounds of turkey meat in it, and they just chased me. He just wanted to just pin me between the other tanks and crush me. Uh, I didn't even know the guy. The uh, spiritual things, I was at one of Torn's uh, football practices, and and going back to my car, the practice was over, and there's this guy sitting in a truck, and he was just glaring me down. I didn't know him from Adam. And so he's glaring me down, and I could sense the, the, the evil, the hatred. You ever get that feeling from somebody, they just don't like you? Well, I can understand that they know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, did I say that? That's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a reason, right? There's got to be a reason. So, but this guy had no apparent reason, but I could feel that so strong. And I honestly believe that that is a spiritual sensitivity. It's kind of like meeting a Christian on the plane or train, traveling, wherever. You've you, you got a sense that they're a Christian, but you don't know them. You've never talked to them. But later to find out that they were. There's that spiritual sense. So we have a spiritual sense of the body of Christ and our connection with them. And there are times in the, the spiritual world that the spiritual awareness of people that hate Christians and those that represent the light of God, the truth of God. But that's just the way it is. We have to get, get used to that as we commit our lives to Christ. The world has hated them. One of the things that Franklin Graham had said, he said, we've got to resolve to be thick-skinned. Get over it. <laughs> just stand up for Jesus. Expect, the, expect whatever comes your way and let this roll off your back. Thick-skinned. 
Got to do it. That's the resolve. Why would we resolve to that? Well, because Jesus is important to me. Because Jesus is my savior. Because God's word is truth and life and empowerment to people to live a new life in him. And so it's important to stand for truth because not standing for truth is allowing darkness and evil to overwhelm and destroy lives. That's a good cause to stand up and take the heat for. But it's bigger than that. It's for Jesus. And it's for God the Father's glory. The evil one often operates through the hatred of the world. That's what I'm saying. The guy, in the, the guy pushing the crate toward me or the, you know, the two two and a half ton or whatever it was, um, the, uh, the guy in the truck. You, 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 the world's just going to hate. And those that, are, those that are more spiritually charged for God are going to sense you're a Christian. And those that are more spiritually influenced demonically are going to sense that you're a Christian. <laughs> and they're not going to like you. We see that a lot going on in our culture where people don't like Christians, but that's nothing new. The devil has nine basic strategies that he uses to attack us. So uh, I'm not going to quote the verses that are by these. You can look them up um, on your own and read them. And you can pull it up on your phones and get the, uh, get the sermon online. But... Uh, so there are nine basic strategies that he uses to, to attack us. We know the first one, he twists the word of God. If he came out and said, oh, that's a, that's a, it's more effective for Satan to twist because what twisting is, it's mixing a truth with a lie. So that it looks better and it's more receivable. Okay? It's, it's hitting from behind, so to speak, instead of front right on. Two, he disguises himself to deceive us easier. He makes evil look good. And don't kid yourself as a Christian, we can be fooled if we're not standing on our toes and being sensitive to the Spirit of God and knowing the Word of God. Number three, he imitates. He will act like Christians to teach false teachings or get Christians off track. There are pseudo-religions out there that act like Christians. There are people in our churches that act like Christians that are not Christians. Sometimes God has pointed that out to me, and sometimes I'm just aware that that's a plausible reality because Satan plants the wares, the troublemakers, the problems into the church. And sometimes those people are not Christians. I'm not saying all of them are. Four, he counterfeits. Placement of false Christians or wolves in our midst, again, kind of similar to what he imitates. Five, he steals, kills, and destroys. He has no, no concern, no desire to build up any good in anyone for anything, and especially not to bring glory to God. Six, he, he afflicts and oppresses people. We know that. People that stand up for what's right. We see that in the, in the political stand and those Christians that stand, right? People that say things that are not popular to our, our social culture today. 
they are afflicted and oppressed. He accuses us before God. That one gets me. I really, I, I hate to use that chips me up, but that's how I feel about it. Because can you imagine Satan going to God, pointing his finger at us to God and saying, look what they did, look how bad they are. Granted, we mess up, but how stupid is he? We belong to the Lord. <laughs> Our sins are forgiven. Praise God for that. Yet he does that. He blinds people from truth because they are, they're tilted and slanted to buying in to something that's in the back of their head that pulls them away from truth. But God wants us to accept truth. He blinds the truth and he hinders. He hinders people from being the people that God wants them to be. For instance, us, standing up for God in a world that desperately needs us to be bold and strong and fearless and take it as it comes. Because that's what God would have us do. And praise God, we don't do it on our own. We do it in his strength, right? Isn't that right? Anytime we're standing up for God, we're relying on God to help us to stand. At least I've never experienced saying, God, I don't need your help. I'm standing up for you here. <laughs> God's always said, you, you know, He's there to help us to stand. You know, uh, we are being, another thing that Franklin Graham had mentioned that was kind of a subtle behind the door type thing that's happening that's changing our culture today as we've not seen before is that we're so influenced by whether it's the media or medical or educational or social standards that are all interlinking and complying together to help fortify the lies of immoral culture that the culture of our world is trying to help us to buy into. Does that make sense or is, or is that just a mouthful? No, I got it. You got it? One. Was that, did that make sense? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure it makes sense because it's important. We need to be aware. Media, medical, psychological, social, um, I forgot the other one. Education. Huh? Education. Those things are all working, interlinking together to support their own deceitful lies that direct truth or direct people away from the truth of God. Right? And we have to be aware of that. So we definitely need Jesus' prayer protection, as well as making sure we pray for ourselves and certainly pray for others, pray for, pray for each other. I pray for you. I hope you pray for me. We pray for each other. That's what we're called to do. Now I want to look at the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church of Thessalonica and his request for prayer for himself. Finally, brethren, this is 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the, world, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. When we stand on truth, when we're not afraid to say, no, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. A boy is a boy, a girl is a girl. That's it. Anything else is wrong. Oh, no, moving in together, getting married, uh, hanging out before you get married. You know, all, you meet each other, you get married, you have children. To reverse that, have children, get together, and then get married is backwards. It's not what God intends for us to do. But it's a deception of the world. That's what the world wants us to buy into. But there are reasons why God sets things up his way. And so we need to stand on the truth and the principles of God's word. 
We need not embrace that, okay, well, um, you know, it, just put it real frankly, any, any homosexual, any, anybody with any issues is always welcome in God's house. Amen? I've always been proud of our church. Our church has never rejected anybody. We've had some real challenges sometimes with visitors that have come. And I'm not putting down visitors, okay? You know what I'm saying. And I've watched the church to see how you have responded to some people in our church that are professing homosexuals or whatever. And you still showed respect and acted in love, but in wisdom, you acted cautiously. But we want to lead them to a right relationship with God. But the world says, no, this is acceptable. Churches are saying, this is acceptable. Churches called to represent God and the truth of his word are crumbling under the pressure of society for their own well-being. Well, our well-being is wrapped up in Jesus and his word, not in social acceptance not in social acceptance. Verse 2, And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. We're to call, his prayer is that we stand strong, that his word goes out swiftly, that we don't back up, that we're not watered down, that we make it cut and dry, light and darkness. Be God's people standing for him. The Apostle Paul knew that the devil was attacking him and those with him. The, the, the devil was trying to keep them from sharing the good news. Here, try to do that. But you know what? Whatever God's plan is, so long as we're following him, no matter what the strategy of the enemy is, we always come out victorious when we keep walking in step with Jesus. Amen? Right? In other words, God has a plan and a purpose, and he, we know because God has told us, this is what I want you to do. So we say, focus on Jesus. We follow it. So no matter what comes our way to interfere with that, doesn't matter. Because the end result is going to be that we're going to accomplish what God has put on our heart to do because we keep him in front of us. We follow him. We rely on him. We let him take care of the side masses of, of the waves of trouble or whatever. And you just keep doing what God has commissioned you to do as God calls you. And you will. You get it? I mean, we, we don't have to be afraid that Satan's going to keep us from doing God's will. If our heart says, I'm going to seek God and his will, God will carry us through. The victory that we should have and we do have in Jesus is always there as long as we keep our heart focused and fixed and locked on Jesus and following him. We must pray for protection from the evil one because the devil will def definitely attack us when we share the gospel message. For us to not think about, some people think, Man, I don't want to go to church and hear the name of Satan or the evil one or, you know, whatever or anything negative. I just want everything to be ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Just sweet and good. But we've got to be, to be soldiers, to be ambassadors, we have to be acknowledge, able to acknowledge what we are up against and stand firm in Jesus' uh, 
through those challenges. So the evil one and evil people will attack us. Um, we've had, uh, uh, what do you call that? Pentagrams written on our sidewalk at the house. We've had dead animals thrown on our lawn. We've had our tires slashed. We've had trash thrown all over the yard. We've had weird things over the years. And you know what? It's because they know that I mean, I'm, no, I'm not anything special. I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ like you are. But they know that's the pastor's house representing Jesus. Well, let's go hit him. You know? It's, well, so be it. Praise God. Makes me mad, but praise God. <laughs> praise God, they know I'm a Christian, but boy, it made me mad. <laughs> you know? Crumbling up signs and throwing them on the yard and just whatever, watching us. Literally, they watch us. They know when we go in the house, then they do something, and as soon as they, they, Kathy went in the house, 10 minutes, came out and had one of her seasonal metal signs and her seasonal flag hanging out front. Somebody had to take, ripped the flag off of it, twisted up the metal, threw it all out on the front lawn within that 10 minutes, because she came right back out. They watched. I don't care. You know what hurt me, though? I said, Lord, they're hard. Lord, please change your heart. They have been so deceived, so deceived to buy into the lies of Satan that they would have such vehemency against Jesus, his word. And we need to pray for people that God will illumine their eyes because he's blinded their eyes. They will attack us. Evil people will do that. Let it roll off our thick skin. Let us know that we resolve to accept that. Let it be okay because Jesus is with me. And I'm going to choose in my heart to stand for Jesus. Our purpose is to glorify God and share his good news and salvation with others. And if we're doing that, the devil will do his, be do his best to stop us. Discourage our faith, throw circumstances. I've heard it before, especially in younger Christians. Lord, I stood up for you and look what happened. Thanks a lot. No thanks. Goodbye. You know, it's kind of like a handshake agreement. If I do this for you, I expect you to do this for me. But it work that way. We are to die to ourselves and live for Christ. And the more we die to ourselves and let Christ live through us, the more we embrace the fullness of life. Right? Isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, isn't it? But the more we die to ourselves, the more we experience new life in Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there's nothing greater and stronger and richer and purer and more satisfying than knowing Jesus in deeper and stronger and more powerful ways and being used of him for his glory. But what did the Apostle Paul say in verse 3? But the Lord is faithful, amen, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Peter blew it. We know that. Peter denied Christ twice, and he hung out with him for three years and loved the Lord. But the Lord, in his gracious love, restored him three times. And Peter was stronger as an end result because he did not wipe his hands and say goodbye to Jesus and say, I'm not going to follow you anymore. So it's a great assurance that the Lord is faithful. It's a great assurance that he will establish us. The great, great assurance that he will guard us from the evil one. 
That's the great assurance and comfort that we get. Even those that are being martyred for Christ today. Churches in Africa, that's another thing Franklin was saying. He was saying, there are churches all over Africa that are so, so fired up for Jesus, so excited about Jesus, not, not, have not let their fire die down, but their fire has just inflamed them. They are excited about Jesus, and churches are being shot to pieces. People are dying all over. But they didn't care. Sure, they care, but you know what I'm saying? It didn't mean that they were going to say, I'm not going to stand for Jesus anymore. They continue to stand. We're lax in America. Yes. We are so laid back because we don't have the persecution. I don't want it, neither do you. But God has called us to stand. So we have great assurance, great comfort in Christ. When we are in the middle of an attack from the evil one, we know God's right there. We sing a song. What's that song that says, uh, go before us? He goes before us. Yes. Whom shall I fear? He goes before us. Yes. Whatever God is leading us to do as we stand for him, he's going before us. It's like the guy with the machete going through the forest. <laughs> Clearing the path. God's paving the way for you to stand for him. What a great opportunity. Praise God. Not only was Paul requesting prayer for his protection, but he was praying for the Thessalonians' protection from the evil one. In addition to that, he prayed for the Lord to give them love and patience. Can you imagine if churches, modern-day churches, would say, okay, no more acceptance of homosexuality in our church. No more of all these compromises. No more. Do you think they would get the heat? Absolutely. What a Southern Baptist, and I'm not a, hey, we're Christians first and foremost. But as a, as a Christian denomination, as Southern Baptist, we're, oh, you're Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. Because we're fundamental in our beliefs. We stick to it. Well, it's not popular. I'm not, in, I'm not interested in being popular. I'm interested in being pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. So he was praying for the Thessalonians, for their protection, for the Lord to give them love and patience. And do you know why? Why he would pray for them? Why would Paul pray for them? When the evil one or evil people filled with hatred attacks, we are going to need God's love and patience to endure and continue our witness for God. Those churches that are being shot down, Christians dying, it's not just Africa. We've seen it in our own country. We've seen synagogues. We see Israel today being bombed. Right? But we, we need to just pray for one another. Pray that the awareness of God's love and his presence and his grace and his comfort is in the midst of those terrible, challenging times. The best solution to hatred and evil in this world is God's love being displayed through us. But let me reiterate, God's love is not all ice cream, sweet and, sweet and good, so to speak. 
God's love is standing on truth that rubs against the flow. Because if you really love, truth needs to be upheld. Because when people see truth, then they find freedom. And they find hope in the word of God in Jesus Christ. And so it's not always ice cream, is it? Should have been the title of the message, not always ice cream. Just looking at what Jesus did tells us that while evil people attacked him, he sacrificially gave himself in love for them and for us. Look what the Apostle Paul also prayed in 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18. At my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. He wasn't alone. You know, Stan the other day, I was on the phone with Stan. Crazy man. And, uh, lives out in the country uh, he's got a neighbor not too close but he's got a neighbor and the neighbor drove by and says you know I just want to make sure you're okay because you're out here all by yourself he goes oh no ma'am I'm not by myself but the response was oh yeah the God thing yeah yeah <laughs> didn't value or appreciate it but, but boy Stan I'm not alone you're right here with me Praise God for the testimony. Amen. So, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 16-18, At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. In other words, he's thinking, Paul's thinking, you know, I hope God doesn't hold you accountable to that. In other words, you should be holding each other up. Right? I mean, if we're going to stand for Christ, are we called to stand alone sometimes? But if we're going to stand for Christ, we should be standing together in him. We should be that which we hold each other up to stand. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, the imagery is like, wow. But let me ask you something. You ever watch these circus Guys with their pet lions. We knew one got killed, you know, several years back, right? But how would you like your head placed inside of a lion's mouth, for real? Stinking mouth, big teeth, saliva, but most importantly, crunch. No, thank you. What does that tell us? Sometimes we, God will allow us to get not get into, but allow situations into our lives where we're going to feel like our head is inside that lion's mouth and we're about to get crunched. I don't like that idea. But I do like the outcome. God was with me and delivered me from the mouth of the lion. <laughs> Praise God. But what courage. It takes courage to be a Christian that stands up for Jesus in the world that we live in. It's hard to stand up for Jesus in our own families sometimes. Some of you are blessed with Christian families. Others aren't. It's hard to stand up at work. It's hard to stand up wherever we are for Jesus. And sometimes they'll call us at the most inopportune time. Really, Lord, right now? Yeah, right now. Okay. <laughs> but I always come out praising him if I follow that leading. Unfortunately, sometimes I don't. In verse 18, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. God has a plan for you. 
God has a purpose for your life that he preordained before the foundations of the world. God knows what he wants to do in and through your life, but God says, I give you free will. I want you to make the choice to let me work my life through you. It's our choice. And the price is high. Die to yourself. The price is high. Our head may be in the mouth of a lion. The price is high. We might sing praises to God and preach the gospel while on a cross being crucified or at stake being burned alive. I mean, those might sound radical, but it's not radical in the other parts of the world. Paul faced abandonment from those he knew, and as he put it, he was delivered from the mouth of the lion. What a heartache to, be, have, to not have your brothers and sisters stand up for you and leave you alone. Sometimes God will call us to stand alone. And standing alone in that situation faithfully for Jesus because you love him, God will never forget and will truly bless. But he knew God was with him and strengthening him through all. Paul was confident God would deliver him, preserve him for continuing God's work. Through these attacks, the apostle Paul kept the proper focus. Hey, my head's in the lion, but I know in my spirit God's not done with me yet, so the crunch is not coming down. Because <laughs> I, I know God's got more for me. And when we have that assurance and the confidence and the assurance that God is, 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 is still working in our life, and you know what? He'll always work in our life if we let them. Like Paul, our purpose is to share the good news, grow his kingdom, and glorify him despite the attacks of the evil one. We need to toughen up as Americans and be strong. And what I mean by that is this. I'm not saying that we don't have convictions and we won't stand true on the word, but I'm saying think about those people in Africa the churches are being shot down multiple times and they're saying I know what the possibility is here I don't care I'm going to stand for Jesus that's a resolve for a thick skin I'm going to trust God I'm going to trust God our prayer through the attacks of the evil one should be like Paul's in verse 18 and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom to him be glory forever and ever. Whatever evil comes our way, God will give us grace to stand, to accomplish the work that he wants to accomplish in and through it for his glory. And as I've said it before, I'll say it again, if you're being attacked by the evil one and his evil people, then you're doing something right for Jesus. the converse of that is, gee, I haven't had any trouble lately. I like that, but I wonder if I'm where I ought to be. Lord, I'm not asking you for trouble, but please make sure that I'm following you. And you know what? Our heart, if we allow our hearts to be fine-tuned by God and know that we are in his will following him, we will have that assurance. So don't be discouraged or hindered by those attacks. Don't be one of those that says, Oh, I gave myself for you, God, but look what happened. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Don't be that way. Praise God instead that you were attacked for standing up for Jesus because that reflects the depth of your love 
I don't care what I get, I love Jesus, I'm going to stand up for him. That's what's important. That's what glorifies God. That's what warms Jesus' heart. So again, don't be discouraged or hindered by those attacks. Instead, pray for protection and then praise God. Finally, Acts 16, 24 through 26, having received such a charge, we've been charged this morning to stand stronger, more confidently, more boldly, with great resolve. He put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. <laughs> I was telling Kathy when this message was being put together, I said, can you imagine Paul and Silas in the stocks? Now get you, they're in a, they're in a hole in the ground, probably. Some show like this, almost like a huge gas tank, that shape under the ground, and a, and, and a, a cylinder doorway dropping the prisoners in there, and they're just sitting around in there. Some it's in caves, there's, there's, there's everything, no bathroom, everything, right? But I was telling Kathy, and by the way, this is my last verse, okay, so just to encourage you. <laughs> but, but, I'm thinking, here's Paul and Silas, and they're in shackles. So in shackles, they've got their sitting down, they've got their feet out, and they're shackled, they've got their arms shackled, right? And so their feet are there, and I can hear Paul saying, God, God, I cannot get that itch. Can you please scratch my ankle for me? Because I cannot reach it. That's dependency on God in the worst of circumstances. I mean, really, I could see that happening where I'm uncomfortable, God. Can you take care of that for me? But I'm uncomfortable for you, and I'm asking you to intercede here. And they were shackled. But look what the verse says. Having received such charge, he put them in the, in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. They were charged because they were speaking for Jesus. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They had been beat. They were stripped, beaten, shackled, and physically not in a good place. And they were praising God. And I would add... carefully, Lord, take care of that itch for me. Because God cares about it all. And he loves it when we stand for him. So praise, so let your praise ring out as a witness when the evil one attacks. Isn't that true? When someone wants to harm you and then you really show that you're so harmed, they go, ha, good! Goal accomplished. But if someone tries to harm you and they see your faith stronger, and they see your joy greater, they're going to scratch their heads and they're probably going to be mad too. It didn't work. But you shine for Jesus. Amen? Shine for Jesus. God loves each and every one of you, each, each of us so much. And he's so proud of you when you stand for Jesus because it just reflects the depth of your love. doesn't matter, Lord. Whatever comes, let it come. I'm going to stand. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one. I want to thank you for, for your word. Father, for, I mean, just the reality that you, Lord, you know, you knew, you know Satan. You know uh, the attacks of the enemy. You know the, the evil of the powers of darkness that are in this world that are deceiving to destroy our lives. But I praise you that we are yours, that we are secure in you that we are your children, 
that you have called us to, to stand and be bold because of our love for you and because of your empowerment for us to be able to do so. And in that, you are glorified, Father. I thank you for that. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our mediator, our high priest, the one that, that as you said, no man comes to the Father except through me. It's, it's through you, Lord, that we're able to stand, able to walk, able to persevere, able to take the heat, able to just be strong in Jesus against the odds. And I praise you for that because that's your loving hand working in our lives to develop in our hearts a greater love for you, a greater knowledge of you, a greater closeness to you, a greater purpose in you, uh, just a greater joy in you. And so I praise you for that. Now, Father, I just pray that you help us all uh, as we rely on you to keep us strong and faithful to you. In Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. Amen.